1: Hello and welcome to the festive edition of the RHS Gardening Podcast. Our podcasts bring you a mixture of features and discussions exploring every aspect of gardening. Plant care, pest control, container ideas, growing your own fruit and vegetables. Plus, expert seasonal advice on what you should be doing in your garden right now. I'm Tony Dickerson, one of the team of horticultural advisors here at the RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. Coming up in this, our last podcast of 2013... No leftovers, but brand new features looking at the stunning winter gardens for you to explore across the UK. Or, if you prefer to stay in the comfort of your armchair with the Parlour Seed catalogues, the RHS Phil Clayton has some suggestions for exciting varieties of flowers and fruit you can try growing from seed this year. Activities that will entertain children and grandchildren during the winter holidays, and, as usual, expert seasonal advice from the RHS Garden team. So let's head outside to join the Garden team to find out what's happening in the RHS Garden in Whistley right now.
2: Hello, my name's Lucy Tate and I'm the team leader at RHS Woodsley looking after the herbaceous ornamental team. Right now is the perfect time to be taking some root cuttings from some of your herbaceous perennials. Things like Papava orientalis, the perennial poppy, produce really good cuttings and so you'll get good results right away. So choose a big vigorous clump that you have in the soil, leave the soil around the clump and you will expose some of the roots. Same with pruning any tree or plant or anything else. You want to use material that's not diseased or damaged. So you want good, healthy growth, about a pencil thickness, no bigger, because it would be old and not have the vigorousness required for breaking new growth. Each cutting needs to be about one to two inches So one and a half inches in length. Now the key thing here is making sure you put it into the container the right way up. The apex of the root is growing away from the plant. So take your cuttings and do a slanted cut on the material that's closest to the plant. That is the bottom. Then you can take your various cuttings making sure you know what is the bottom of the root. You place your cuttings then with a flush cut at the top that the angled cut pointing down into the pot and you'll cover that with about five centimetres worth of grit or compost. Come spring you should have nice little rosettes forming on the top of your pot there and you can replant those the following year.
3: Hi my name's Andrea and I work at the Claw Learning Centre at Wisley. I'm a horticultural educator and I work with lots of school children, children visiting the garden and families. If you're looking for jobs to do this winter, now's the time of year to prepare your soil ready for planting in the spring. That means digging so um, if you've got clay soil it's best to do it in the autumn before the ground gets too waterlogged if you've got sandy soil any time as long as the uh, ground isn't waterlogged and that means that you can think about what to plant in the spring so you can cozy up inside in front of the fire with the kids and look at the seed catalogues and work out what fruit or flowers or vegetables you'd like to grow in your garden in the coming year. If you're doing that, make sure you look for the AGM logo, and that means that it's a quality plant that will flower or produce the vegetable that you want consistently and is easy to grow. In the winter, the wildlife is not so noticeable, so you won't see butterflies and insects buzzing around so much because a lot of uh, animals and insects hibernate, but the birds are around, they're very hungry. If it's frosty or snowy, they really appreciate something to eat or drink so make sure they've got a fresh supply of water that's not frozen and also if you are going to put food out for the birds please don't put any dried fruit out or food like bread or dried coconut because it will swell up in the bird's stomach and that can be really bad for them so just remember that.
0: So it's Matthew Pottage, garden manager at Wisley. A task that we need to be looking at now which is it always seems appropriate for such a cold dark time of the year and now is the time to park yourself in a comfy chair with a good cup of coffee and get out the seed catalogues and start looking at things you're going to be ordering for next year things you're going to need to be sowing early on in the season and, and get those orders in you know popular plants do sell out popular seeds do sell out and now is the time to actually take some time look at the seed catalogues in detail and earmark a few things to try out in your garden next year
1: you can find out more gardening tips and advice on the rhs website rhs.org.uk forward slash gardening. I'm Tony Dickerson and you're listening to the RHS Gardening Podcast. As Matthew mentioned there the laid-back mince pie filled days of the Christmas holidays are the perfect time for gardeners to relax with the seed catalogues and plan and order the exciting plants that they are going to grow in the year to come. Perhaps 2014 will be the year that you're going to try growing heritage tomatoes or raise armfuls of colourful cosmos or lupins from seed for the first time. Now is the time to let your imagination run wild and lose yourself in your gardening dreams. We joined Phil Clayton, keen gardener and features editor of the RHS Garden Magazine, to hear what ambitions he has for his patch this year and get some suggestions of varieties for gardeners to try from the seed catalogues. I'm Phil Clayton,
4: I'm features editor of the Garden Magazine and I've been looking through some of the seed catalogues that have come in over the last few weeks uh, to choose some flowers, mostly plants, but one or two vegetables uh, that I'm quite keen to try uh, next year. So the first one I've looked at is Thompson and Morgan's catalogue. And on the cover, there's this really exciting looking poppy. It's a new uh, selection of poppy called plum pudding. It's a perennial. What's good about it is that it comes true from seed. So you have uh, these purple flowers, rather similar to quite a popular variety known as plum pudding. I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners will be aware of that. But this one you can grow from seed uh, and raise quite cheaply. It's also supposed to be twice blooming, so if you cut it back in the summer after it's flowered, it will send up more flowers, so they say. I've grown uh, oriental poppies before from seed, and they're quite easy and they're quite rewarding because they grow quite quickly. So once you've actually potted the seedlings on, you get quite big plants and one or two flowers sometimes the first season. And secondly, the second, certainly the second season, uh, there's loads of flowers. So you get these big clumps with these big showy flowers uh, in usually May and in June. Also in Thompson & Morgan, I was quite tempted by a zinnia. Um, This is a zinnia called Double Zahara Strawberry, they're calling it. Double flowers in this really lovely sort of crepe paper, pinky red colour. Zinnias, I noticed in 2013, because we had a good summer, they did really, really well. So I'm kind of banking on the fact that we're going to have another another decent summer uh, in 2014. But if you've tried zinnias before, do bear with them, because recent breeding has certainly capitalised on the traits that some zinnias have to do better in cooler weather. So I'm hoping, it doesn't, although it doesn't say so, I'm hoping that this should perform well even in a less than ideal summer. Another one for a good summer but quite spectacular, this one's in actually Mr. Fothergill's, it is a selection of banana. Now, I don't know if you've ever grown bananas from seed before, but they're really, really exciting to grow. They're quite big seeds. You don't get many in a packet, there's five in this particular packet. But they come up really, really, really quickly, and they, they put on such growth in the first season that by the end of the year, you get a sort of a potted plant maybe two, maybe even even three feet tall with these great huge paddle-shaped leaves. It says in the catalogue that they're quite hardy. I've not found that before. It's best to bring these in um, in the winter and plant them out again as sort of exotic bedding or as dot plants. But, yeah, a really exciting thing to be growing. Uh, much easier, and also in Mr. Fothergill's, are the Californian poppies. There's a really nice one here called a Schultzia ivory castle, which has got... White flowers with a little sort of creamy yellow heart to them. A Schultz couldn't be easier to sow. You literally direct sow them outside. They're great in a gravel garden. You can just sprinkle the seeds over the corner of a gravel garden and uh, they'll come up almost like mustard and cress and just inject a bit of colour at sort of times when perhaps the rest of the gravel garden is looking a bit frazzled or a bit tired. The last thing in Fothergills that I was really excited by is a new sunflower Now i love sunflowers as most people do but uh there's one here that they've got they're calling it shock ole which sounds it's, it's quite naff because shock is s-h-o-c-k and then it's o and then lay is l-a-t so it's not chocolate but that's what they're getting at and the reason it's got this name is because the center of the flower the central disc is is, is a brown dark brown sort of chocolate color And then it's got the petals that radiate off a sort of chocolatey red, tipped with gold. And they're saying that it will reach around six feet. Um, And the other nice thing about sunflowers is you don't have to be in too much of a panic to sow them. You don't actually have to get this sown any earlier than than April. You can even leave it as late as May and you'll still get flowers late in the year, which is really what you want. Um, I looked in Sutton's seed catalogue as well, and in there one thing i think i am going to order is um a selection of corn cockle there's a selection here called snow queen which is rather similar to one that used to be available known as ocean pearl i've not tried snow queen before but it's got these big white flowers as opposed to the normal pink of the normal corn corn cockle um, but it's another plant that you can direct so outside into really poor soil. As long as it's in full sun, it'll do really well. You get these tall, wiry stems that are covered in down and then sort of downy material. And then in the summer, buds burst open at the top and you get these beautiful sort of shimmering flowers. And they're followed by seed pods filled with, filled with, with, with more seeds, which you can give away to your friends and they'll love you for it. Another garden essential I think most people will have grown at some stage are cosmos and again in Sutton's. So there was one, I think it's a marmite plant, this, you either love it or you loathe it. One called Rose Bonbon, which has got double flowers. They look a bit like little pink roses, these sort of puffs of pink. And it says that they grow they're born on strong stems which is going to be important if that's the case then they'll hold up well to the weather if the so, if the stems are a bit feeble then in wet weather these are going to fall over but i, I just think they'd be really nice grown with some of the more single flowered selections of cosmos be a real contrast i'm quite quite keen to try them also in sutton's i found i think the only sort of fruit or vegetable depending on how you look at it which i'm going to try i'm not really a fruit or vegetable man but My friend James Wong has recommended a plant called uh, a musk melon, which is a melon that you can grow without a glass house. It's supposed to be early fruiting. I think I'd be tempted to sow some inside and outside just to see the difference. But what could be more impressive than growing your own melons for a dinner party? So that's pretty much my seed list for 2014.
1: Phil Clayton, Features Editor of the RHS's The Garden magazine. You can find out more information on the plants discussed and many more on the RHS website using the Plant Selector tool rhs.org.uk forward slash plantselector. If you've had your fill of rich food and sitting around and fancy getting out and about, here are some events happening at our four RHS gardens. Harlow Car in Yorkshire, Hyde Hall in Essex, Rosemore in Devon and here at the RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey. Details of all these events, as always, are on the website at rhs.org.uk forward slash gardens. Enjoy a post-Christmas poetry trail at RHS Garden Hyde Hall from the 4th to the 31st of January, 10am to 4pm. We've chosen a collection of seasonal poems for you to enjoy while you explore the glory of the garden with all its fabulous stem colours and fragrance. Come to the RHS Garden Rosemore on the 16th of January, 11am to 12.30pm to learn all about pruning roses, from Ramblers to modern varieties, ensure great displays of these garden favorites later in the year. We'll also look at nutrition and disease control and offer some handy tips on establishing roses. Also on the 16th of January there'll be a masterclass at RHS Garden Hyde Hall 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on late winter pruning techniques for shrub roses and wisteria. At RHS Garden Rosemore expert staff will take you on a guided walk and talk you through the gardening year on the 17th of January 11 o'clock until 12.30, providing a whistle stop tour of techniques, tips, tricks and advice on seasonal tasks so that you know what you should be doing now. Or why not visit some of the stunning and surprising winter garden displays at the RHS partner gardens around the UK. The RHS has teamed up with more than 150 outstanding gardens throughout the UK and overseas. These partner gardens offer free entry to RHS members, either throughout the opening season or during selected periods. They offer a huge variety of designs and seasonal displays from spring bulbs to splendid winter displays. There are gardens located all around the UK, making them an ideal day out for those who live further away from the main four RHS gardens. The RHS's Sean Thomas has some suggestions of must-see winter gardens.
5: I'm Sean Thomas, I'm the Garden Visits Editor for the RHS. I write about the RHS gardens and the network of RHS partner gardens throughout the UK. I think many people think that winter is a a dormant time in gardens, but actually if you rug up and and get out there and visit some gardens, you'll find it's actually a surprisingly colourful and very scented time of the year you'll discover loads of winter flowering shrubs, some of them with delicious scents, and it's a great time to appreciate colourful barks and stems like dogwoods that have really fiery colourful stems. It's also a good time to appreciate structure, such as topiary, really sharply clipped topiary looks stunning on a winter day. And the Branches against a a blue, crisp winter sky are also really breathtaking. The RHS gardens have fantastic winter colour. Harlow Carr has a beautiful winter walk with collections of, of winter stems in quite sizzling colours. Rosemore has a lovely winter garden as well, full of colour and scent, and it really does show that winter doesn't have to be a boring time in the garden. Hyde Hall is really great to visit for its dry garden. There's a lot of structural architectural plants that look particularly stunning if they've got a nice dusting of frost on them. And Wisley, a great place to head to in winter is the Seven Acres Lake which has plenty of willow and dogwoods planted around the perimeter and when the colours are reflected in the surface of the lake it's it's quite stunning. They're also planting the first phase of a new winter walk so this winter would be a great time to visit and see how that's coming along. If you don't happen to live near one of the four RHS gardens, don't worry, because we have more than 145 RHS partner gardens around the UK, and these are independently owned gardens that support the work of the RHS by offering free entry to our members at selected times. If you've overindulged a little bit at Christmas, then a great place to visit would be the Trentham Estate near Stoke-on-Trent. You can follow the trail around the mile-long Capability Brown Lake and as you walk you'll be seeing one of Europe's largest contemporary perennial schemes and when the stems and seed heads are covered in frost they just sparkle and look absolutely beautiful and if you normally reach for the secateurs to cut back and tidy up at the end of the year maybe this perennial scheme will encourage you to leave things tall over winter and provide not only a stunning spectacle for yourself but lots of habit- Habitat and food for wildlife. Angusy Abbey in Cambridgeshire is rightly renowned for its winter garden and it shows just how colourful a winter garden can be. You'll see plenty of interesting foliage combinations and some of the real stars are plants like Prunus autumnalis, which brings an early taste of spring, actually, with its pinkish-white blossoms. The Tibetan cherry, Prunus serrula, has amazing copper bark that... You just want to reach out and touch. It's so smooth and shiny. And again, there are lots of beautiful dogwoods with their sizzling stems, such as midwinter fire, which says it all, really. Tatton Park in Cheshire is another wonderful destination for winter. It's thought to have the UK's only fruiting pineapple house and it's kept at a lovely 26.7 degrees Celsius. And because they succession plant, you can actually see pineapple plants from flowering stage right through to mature fruits. So it's a little taste of the tropics. You can also visit the fernery, which was built by Joseph Paxton of Crystal Palace fame, and it's filled with New Zealand and Australian ferns and tree ferns So it's a really lush place to have a stroll and explore. Wentworth Castle in South Yorkshire is a Grade 1 listed landscape uh, that was begun in the late 17th century and a cold winter's day is an ideal time to climb the castle and take in the superb views of the surrounding landscape. You can also follow the Circular Monument Trail which has 26 listed buildings including the Queen Anne's Obelisk and the Georgian Rotunda. Why not also visit the newly restored conservatory? Inside you'll find five beds, each representing a continent, and they tell the story of how different plant species came to this country. In Kent, a fantastic place to visit in winter is Bejbree Pinetum. It's actually the national Pinetum and it has the largest collection of temperate conifers in the world. And they look particularly beautiful if there's been a frost or snow. It really does look like Narnia. It's a really good place to see trees that are adapted for their environment. For example, the Serbian spruce has branches whose tips flick out and upwards so that they can shed heavy snowfalls. And you also might be surprised if you think of conifers as green you'll see that there are actually conifers that change colour Uh, one of them is the golden scots pine which is blue green in summer but in winter it goes the most gorgeous golden yellow
1: charm thomas other suggestions for seasonal highlights at rhs partner gardens and details of their locations are on the rhs website we're out of time on this edition of the rhs gardening podcast we'll be back next year Until then, remember to follow us on Twitter at the underscore RHS and like us on Facebook. For now, from me, Tony Dickerson, and the team here at RHS Garden Wisley in Surrey, seasonal greetings and until 2014, goodbye.